You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. Proof of concept exploits for the crypto API vulnerability Microsoft patch this week have been released. CISA warns the chemical industry to look to its security during this period of what the agency calls heightened geopolitical tension. Families of deployed U.S. soldiers receive threats via social media. Someone's been fishing in Turtle Bay. More fleeceware turns up in the Play Store. And Moscow heaps scorn on anyone who thinks they hacked Burisma. From the CyberWire studios at Data Tribe, I'm Dave Bittner with your CyberWire summary for Thursday, January 16th, 2020. CRN offers a rundown of opinion to the effect that reaction to CVE 2020-0601 has been overblown. And to be sure, the NSA disclosed Windows crypto flaw is not apocalyptic, but it's nonetheless one that should be patched without delay. Some of those reactions seem to come down to, well, if this bug is as serious as NSA says it is, then why did NSA tell everyone about it instead of quietly putting it to use? So, okay, persist in Fort Meade's skepticism if you must, but don't disregard the common-sense precaution of patching the flaw. Microsoft classed the vulnerability as important, even though Redmond had seen no sign of its exploitation in the wild. Such exploitation has grown likelier. ZDNet reports that two proof-of-concept exploits of the crypto API bug have already appeared, and they add that the vulnerability is now being called curveball. Others, following researcher Ken White, refer to the vulnerability as chain of fools. We'll stick with curveball, provisionally. The first curveball exploit was posted to GitHub by researchers from Kudelsky Security, It's a spoofing exploit that takes advantage of the way elliptic curve cryptography was implemented in Crypt32 DLL. As Kudelsky explains it in their blog, quote, We have been able to sign a certificate with arbitrary domain name and subject alternative names, and it will be recognized by Windows Crypto API as being a trusted certificate. Quote, The second proof of concept was placed on GitHub by Danish security researcher Olipone, It, too, presents a method of spoofing certificates. The upshot of this is twofold. First, the proofs of concept virtually ensure, as ZDNet puts it, that the vulnerability will be exploited in the wild. And second, this should be obvious, do apply the patch. As the U.S. and presumably Iran continue to glare at one another with mutual suspicion in cyberspace, no significant attacks from either side have come to public attention, 
But the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, CISA, has cautioned the chemical industry that it could be subject to cyber attack and has offered advice on hardening itself against the threat. The warning is a follow-on to recent alerts during what CISA calls this period of heightened geopolitical tension. CISA doesn't cite specific indicators and warnings, and it hasn't mandated any steps by industry, but the advice the agency is offering the chemical industry would be sound at any time. CISA recommends increased vigilance. It also suggests that industry dust off its reporting procedures and practice its incident response plans. With respect to cyber threats, CISA recommends that critical information be backed up and stored offline and that industry test its ability to revert to backups in the event of a cyber incident. It suggests that industry review its cybersecurity risk analysis and offers help to organizations that want it. Now is also a good time for cyber awareness training and a particularly good time to look for and change any default passwords that may have been left in the enterprise. Patches should be brought up to date and both IT networks and industrial control systems should be scanned for signs of vulnerabilities and malicious activity. It would be good to update application whitelists and review accounts to ensure that they be given the least privilege necessary. And finally, both incident response and business continuity plans should be reviewed and updated where necessary. There are countless options out there these days when it comes to cybersecurity tools, and everyone says their tool is, of course, the best. It can be impractical and daunting to wade through all of the available offerings. The folks at Avant rely on a network of what they call trusted advisors to help organizations navigate the field. Ron Heyman is Chief Cloud Officer and COO at Avant. So a trusted advisor... When they come and work with you, they represent about 300 providers. Now, obviously, not all of them will be security, but they have a portfolio of providers. And what we like about this process is they can help you ethically pit the industry against itself and find the very best provider for you. And the trusted advisor has access to, in the case of Avance engineers, which we have 12 of, um, and then they also have access to the engineering staff of the different service providers. And so they're able to essentially do an RFP, get all of the requirements, and then leverage our engineering team to figure out what the best two or three providers are that are laser focused in that particular area. And then we bring them hand in hand with the trusted advisor to the uh, customer and they and we let them pick out who they think is the best fit for them culturally or or maybe based on price or whatever it is that's making them make that buying decision. I'm imagining that this could be particularly helpful to small and medium-sized businesses. Is, is that an, an accurate assessment? Yes, it is. Um, it's an underserved market, uh, small and medium, especially when it comes to cyber and, and just IT in general. And so we've seen a pretty big MSP movement, uh, but more important than the MSP movement is the managed security service provider movement, because that is something that these small and medium businesses can no longer afford to ignore. Companies go out of business when they're without mail for a matter of days. And we're seeing intellectual property and other things that are really important to the company and the brand image uh, be at risk more consistently. You've seen what's happened with ransomware. It's been in the news a lot, especially in local municipalities and state and federal government, but that's also happening uh, quite a bit in, in companies as well. And when they lose access to their to their data, to their intellectual property, to um, all the things that give them 
what they need to go out and do business, um, you can imagine, you know, that you're really putting that company at risk. So definitely small and medium businesses will benefit from having access to these service providers. It sounds like an interesting value proposition um, for sure. As someone who would engage with one of these trusted advisors, how am I guaranteed that they're looking out for my best interest and, and not the folks on the other side of the equation, the folks who are providing the services? Yeah, so uh, that's a good question. And I think you, you always have to make sure that whoever you're working with is a, is a true partner, a true trusted advisor. And, and, you know, trusted advisors, a lot of times, the reason why they're there is because they have a really good relationship with the buyer and they want to have a long-term you know, they want to have a long-term relationship with them. So they're there for the right reason, uh, at least the ones that we work with. And they're incentivized to try and help make the best possible decision for that customer. Because if the customer wins, then they win and, and ultimately they get more business. That's Ron Heyman from Avant. According to ThreatPost and Bleeping Computer, CoFence researchers determined that the United Nations sustained a phishing campaign designed to deliver Emotet and the TrickBot Trojan. The campaign, which apparently was less than fully successful, used emails spoofing the Norwegian mission to deliver a malicious Word document. Sophos finds more Fleeceware apps in Google's Play Store. Fleeceware automatically charges subscription fees if the user neglects to cancel when a trial period expires, and users often find that breaking up is hard to do. As the noted American philosopher Mr. Tom Waits put it in another context, the large print giveth and the small print taketh away. And finally, Moscow has delivered the usual informational counter-battery fire in the Burisma hacking case. Sputnik, a reliable Kremlin mouthpiece, pooh-poohs the whole episode as a self-serving conspiracy theory launched by Hillary Clinton. Or so says Sputnik. The style of their debunking is worth noting. It's tabloid-esque, quoting tweets from people represented as being ordinary patriotic Americans who have wised up to Ms. Clinton. The tweets are a fair representation of the kind of one-line zingers Twitter is structured to favor, but they don't really amount to what you'd call an argument. Ukraine's interior ministry isn't so dismissive. They've asked the FBI for assistance in their own investigation of the Burisma incident. Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use. With zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire.
The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. And I'm pleased to be joined once again by Craig Williams. He's the director of Talos Outreach at Cisco. Uh, Craig, always great to have you back. Um, You all recently published uh, a report here. It's titled, How Adversaries Use Politics for Compromise. Uh, Take us through uh, what's going on here. What's one thing that's in common for most attacks that target the user? Right. I think if we sit back and let's look at this objectively and then we'll dive into why politics are being used. Mm. Um, but if you look at how users are targeted, particularly around the holidays, there tend to be certain things, right? Uh, if we look at the specific vectors, we'll see things like uh, lottery type activity. We'll see deals. We'll see things around coupons. Uh, we'll potentially see things around like urgent, right? Like um, urgent, click here. You may have won a million dollars or urgent, click here, you know, to download your free copy of Star Wars episode, whatever. Yeah. Uh, I'm a huge fan. That would work on me. Yeah, Yeah, you know, and um, (laughs) so so what they all have in common is they want people to respond emotionally. Right. Right, and they want people to respond in a way that they're just going to click without thinking about it. You know, it's a lot like gambling, right? If you look at the way gambling works in successful machines, they don't just say you want to lose. They want to imply you may have lost, but you just lost. Right. Like, look at the spinner dial. It's right next to the wind sign. That's how close you came. And, you know, give you that feeling. of, Oh, well, if I just if I just try one more time, I'm going to I'm going to get it. Right. right. And so uh, that's the kind of response these scammers want. They want someone to not think about it, to not think logically, to take all these lessons that we've learned. Right? It's, if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Check the right. URL before you click on it. They don't want you to think about that. They want you to think, oh, whoa, that, that's somebody wrong on the internet, or that's something I need to win and click. <laughs> right, right. Wind me up. Yeah. Right. And so if we look at things that wind people up, say, you know, hypothetically this last quarter, there might be, I don't know, one or two political things. Hmm. Um, no. Yeah. I mean, maybe. Really? You know what? I I think I saw something on the news. We'll go with a hypothetical. Proceed. Yes. And so the natural evolution to this was to basically target politics. And so we started looking around at different malware campaigns that had uh, political drivers. And what we found was just a truly astonishing number in both variety and amount. Uh, And the variety we saw was absolutely stunning and absolutely hilarious. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at the uh, the post, but we had a, uh, a dancing uh, Hillary. We had a <laughs> winking Putin. Uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. We, of course, had a truly astounding amount with negative commentary and implications around the U.S. president. Right. It's very strange why they would do that. Um <laughs> 
But, but there's the, something for everyone here, right? No absolutely. Matter, no matter your political persuasion. Yeah, if you're a Russian agent, to, if you're... <laughs> yeah, something to get your motor running. Right. And so that's exactly the goal, right? The goal is not to actually exchange political discourse, which is what every, you know, non-technical American might want to do, right? They see their political opponent and they immediately want to explain to you, hey, something's wrong on the internet, right? We all know the the yeah. famous XKCD comic. Well, <laughs> that feeling is a thing. We all have felt that, right? I mean, how many times have you been sitting there in public and someone says something silly like, I don't run antivirus for my computer. I don't believe in vaccines. And like <laughs> your eye just starts to twitch right know, involuntarily and right for you that's a trigger sweat. warning right yeah <laughs> yeah um but your wife so, says just step away craig just step yeah, away uh, right? well she'll change the subject and be like so do you do you want to take me to the gun range later <laughs> like, well, i guess um but so it's things like that that they want to respond uh they want to have people respond emotionally with so that they don't follow the best practices and the reality is that type of thought process is involved as often, I think, as the deal process, you know, right? Like the, the gambling process, basically. I think they're very similar and they're probably connected at some psychological level that I, I don't know about because I didn't pursue that level of education. So if anybody out there has any, I'd love to debate it on Twitter. Um, <laughs> of course, because that's the, where the best debates happen. I, I, you know, it's Twitter or Reddit. That's where you go for fun debates. Right, right. <laughs> where everyone's right, right and... You know, only downvote everybody you disagree with. Um, now, what are you all recommending to protect yourself against this sort of thing when we're dealing with human emotional components? Well, so that's a really great question. And I think it comes down to, you know, one of the things that we probably say a lot. And so I'll explain the different levels to it. But the first one is, right, you've got to have a layered defense, right? Mm -hmm. Like anything else, there's not going to be one magic bullet. So I would say the easiest layers are you know, have something like a content blocker in place. And so if you don't want to pay for one through an antivirus, you know, you can use our free open DNS service. You could use Google's safe browsing service, something to take off that like highest layer of long-term lazy attacker, right? So let's knock mm -hmm. out like the 75% and then have something a little bit more advanced, maybe something like, a, you know, an anti-spam solution, an email security appliance, web security that knocks out that second level of more dynamic content, right? Those type of ads or pop-ups, uh, looks at file attachments, right? Uh, some sort of advanced malware protection system, like an antivirus engine, uh, be it you know ours or somebody else's, just something out there to knock down those known binaries. And that'll cover you, you know, a pretty reasonable amount just between those three. And I, I think, you know, the last one is really gonna be, you know, I hate to say this, but it, it's user education. You've gotta have people learn self-control. And I know on the internet, that's, that's much easier said than done. But the thing is, people are constantly targeting the user. They're going to find a way to spin you up. Absolutely. It's going to happen. Uh, if it's not politics, maybe it's religion, maybe it's gun control, maybe it's healthcare. But they yeah. will find a way to spin you up. And you've got to sit back and realize I'm being manipulated. Right. right. I think most adults would realize if that was happening in person and they would realize, look, I don't need to engage with this person. I don't know them. They don't matter in my life. It's not I'm not voting here. Right. Yeah. Um, right. I, I should just go on my way and get to work or whatever they're doing. And people have got to take that life lesson that they've learned in person and apply it to the online world. Yeah. Keep and that top just, of mind. 
And it's especially true on social media. I mean, people forget, but that's really what social media is, is you're basically in public looking at other people's discussions and conversations, and you can chime in or not. And a lot of the time, or not, is probably the wisest decision. Yeah. The post is titled, How Adversaries Use Politics for Compromise. Craig Williams, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the Cyberwire. For links to all of today's stories, check out our daily briefing at thecyberwire.com. And for professionals and cybersecurity leaders who want to stay abreast of this rapidly evolving field, sign up for CyberWire Pro. It'll save you time and keep you informed. Listen for us on your Alexa smart speaker, too. The CyberWire podcast is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing CyberWire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.